Hello and welcome to another episode of the Arsenal po- Arsenal Editor Podcast. Oh God, what am I like? Tongue twisting <laughs> early on, but um, no. First, first thing, it's uh, first good to be back. Secondly, I know on the last podcast there was one or two audio issues. We've been having trouble with our um, unnamed, still relatively new platform, which we're long story short con- considering getting rid of. It's got everything we need it to do, but doesn't necessarily always mm. do it. But uh, it has been a good few weeks. Look, we're top of the league. Women are top of the league, and we are top of the league in our groups across Europe as well. It's been a great, um, really great month still, I think, for both Arsenal teams, Arsenal women's, up in men's. It's, uh, you know, we dropped points this weekend and we'll, we'll, we'll get stuck into that. And given what I thought this October could be, we're still on on track for it to, to be a pretty special one, all things considered. So, um, but look, we're going to dive into it. So um, let's welcome Connor. Connor. How are you doing, mate? Yeah, I'm doing well, Toby. Good to be back. And as you said, what a time. What a time to mm. be an Arsenal fan, both in the women's side and on the men's side. And to be top of basically all of our respective leagues, tables, whatever you want, is it's a fantastic mm. achievement. And with some healthy margins, playing some fantastic football, and I can't wait to get into it. Oh, mate, absolutely, absolutely. Well, let's get stuck. I mean, it's going to be... Um, let's get right into it. It was, it was a hard game. It was a... A brutal game. I mean, I think there was kind of some news even before the teams came out. It was like, I, I don't know if you um, picked up on this, but I remember before the team news came out, there was a lot of chat around the beginning of the second half. There was going to be this absolute ginormous mm-hmm, storm mm-hmm. Uh, come and rock St. Mary's, which I thought was quite interesting. Is it called St. Mary's still? I think, I think so, yeah. Yeah, and um, I don't know, they just had one of those sponsors that came over. Yeah, <laughs> check a trade. They, yeah. <laughs> Literally, yeah, the um, the Revolut. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I wonder, because I think the main talking point was, right, how are we going to manage this game? We needed a blistering start, which we ended up getting, which we'll get into. But uh, we, we it did have the feeling, even before the lineups were announced, that we needed to wrap this game up early because the weather was going to come in. And mm-hmm. if you know anything about some of the way we play, um, it's we, we tend not to do well when we're up against it. Um, in terms of like weathers and we don't you know the old adage of the Arsenal don't like it up and which is a bit outdated yeah. it tends to come back um, so um, that led to a couple of decisions or maybe one in particular um, Tommy Asu keeping his place at left back what, what were your thoughts around that going into the game yeah it's an interesting one and I spoke to my dad about it and I was trying to rationalize through the the reasons you know Tommy Asu is a fantastic athlete and I think that definitely planned uh, sort of plays into it you know in our mm. in our game against Liverpool he has that really impressive vertical jump which I don't think gets talked about a lot but he can jump ridiculously mm. high and he's also tall so he's going to win those aerial battles and he's then you know adding to all of that he's quick and he can use both feet so I think when he's in that inverted fullback role it doesn't matter if he's on the left or on the right he can spray it with both feet and I think that's something that Harteta is sort of harnessing and also trying to build into the team is that unpredictability within that middle. You know, I think it then aids with the, the flow of play and 
Tierney, I think, is still getting used to to that kind of position, and unfortunately, just isn't that kind of uh, left back either. So I think when you're playing Tommy Yasu, he's able to play along the whole back four, and as a result, just able to use both feet in any position. I think that sort of helps everyone be a little bit more comfortable. And he just provides that balance. You know, he knows when to make the overlapping run. He knows when to stay back. And I think that allows Ben White to bomb forward as he did and to get that assist. He did indeed. He very much did indeed. Yeah, it's um, it's one of those things, I think, with uh, Tommy Asu. He did have a good game against Liverpool, but I did always get the feeling that was an extremely specialist game mm-hmm. for a very specialist reason. You know, he's one of our best one-on-one defenders and he's very tall for the reasons of the jumping and the diagonal balls that they would always spray to Van Dijk. It's one of those, from Van Dijk to to Salah, it really made sense for a game like that. But I did always get the feeling we were going to dominate this game Mm -hmm. and um, Tierney feels like it would have made a lot more sense. And uh, I think, you know, whilst he's still learning the inverted side of things, I think he has been playing well at points this season. And for someone who's slightly underconfident or maybe not underconfident, but needs an opportunity to prove his worth. This, uh, this felt like the time, and it did feel quite damning not having Tierney on the pitch. I really thought it was going to be a day for him, and if anyone can wear uh, short sleeves in a storm, it's Tierney. So, yeah, exactly right. Um, super surprised there. Really, really surprised. I was quite disappointed for him, and I, th- I think he was, it's fair to say, he was quite average, Tommy Asu, I think, in the end, really. Um, overall... Uh, but I mean, we'll get into it, I'm sure. But uh, yeah, was it was a slightly a disappointing decision? But the rest of the team, I thought, was looking was looking pretty sharp, and I thought we were on for a big start. Mm-hmm. No, agreed. And I was also, as you say, I think damning damning is a is a right word to use. And for me, I, I also would have loved to have Tierney in there. And I guess that's why I was trying to rationalise why Tomiyasu was put in. And you know, I love Tommy Super Tommy and. I think, you know, that kind of game, I also thought uh, perhaps, as, as you say now, could have used that kind of Tierney spark. Uh, but I stick with what I said. I think that's why uh, Tommy Yasu was, was put in. And I think the rest of the team was, was you know, justified their, their selection. I felt Gabby Jesus was looking a little bit leggy. I think he was looking a little bit tired. Um, yeah. At times, there was a tired pass or two from, from Thomas Partey as well. So perhaps that's something that, that you can help me out with as well. Yeah, it's interesting. I, I mean, we are 24 days into October, a month where we have the most amount of games we've ever had in our club history. Mm-hmm. Nine games. And we are very close to coming out of that unscathed. Um, if we come out of this first or second in the league and we clear our um, group stage first... Mm-hmm. With a game in hand, so we can go and get at least a point at PSV this week. I think it would have been way beyond anything we can expect. Mm-hmm. And get and do you know what? You only have to look around the league to see other teams dropping points, apart from if you've got Haaland. Yeah. <laughs> um, after Europe, I mean, you know, thank God that Spurs, United, Chelsea together in the same game, Liverpool all drop points this weekend, mm-hmm. you know. And um, we weren't the only ones. And uh, again, it's the second time in a season, really, where I felt like in that game we really should have won, and uh, the 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 goal we the, we could have scored about three, we didn't, mm-hmm. um, and uh, we we you know conceded ultimately a breakaway goal. Although credit to Southampton, they were much better than that would suggest, mm-hmm. um, and uh, that's that's 
sometimes like I'd rather win like that than be looking around going, right, where on earth was the goal coming from? Yeah. What on earth happened? And ultimately, you know, we had another slightly dodgy day with the referee. A little bit, a um, little bit. Um, have, you see, have you seen the one, because it was the same referee that had the referee the Aston Villa match, and we've not had him in for the rest of the season. Okay. And it's that game where, I think we did a podcast, you know that like where Tyrone Moans literally picks, him, picks him up and then slams him to the yeah, ball. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, I know exactly which one. It was a really, we ended up winning that game, and... Um, Ultimately, I don't think we were, were good enough in this game to, to justify him having a moan about the referee. But there are some decisions, you know, like 1-0 up and Gabriel Jesus goes through and he gets manhandled, tries his best to stay on his feet. Yeah, and gets caught down. And, um, yeah, very, very disappointing. I just think um, I think that was the awful decision. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, re- I think that was as poor as it gets because I, I, I do not for the life of me know how that isn't given a penalty. Like I think Gabriel Jesus, fair play to him, he's tried to stay on his feet. <laughs> how many points too. of contact do you want? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm 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 more forgiving about the other uh, penalty decisions, um, which we'll get onto anyway. But look, fast start. What did you think of the start? It's exactly what we set out to do, and I wonder at what point you are able to change a team and to say to your team, right, we're just going to be those fast starters now. And I love it. I love a fast start. I think it gets the crowd on your side. I think it gets everyone excited. Mm-hmm. And it gets you on the top, you know, it gets you on the front foot and gets you on top of the opposition as well. So I think that's definitely played into Arsenal's hands. It gets everyone G'd up. Arteta loses his mind and then adjusts his jumper and then loses his mind again. And yeah. I think it's, it's definitely the way that we should be playing. And it's just a matter of sustaining that effectively. And I think that's how we're able to impose ourselves on the game, get stuck in, get into a few challenges, get those passes pinging, and then we're able to play ourselves in. And as a result, we, we reap the benefits from a, a very famous right foot at the moment. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, <laughs> here, you know, the, man, uh, the man on fire, crikey. I mean, he is something else. But I mean, starting with that fast start, I mean... Uh, this is something I read this week that he's been spending a lot of time with or spending a bit of time with Eddie Jones, an England rugby coach. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know if the listeners know too much about rugby or know who Eddie Jones is, but for those that don't, England rugby team are, since they came under Eddie Jones, for all of the big games, for all of the action they've had, whilst it has been up and down, majority of the time they're desperate to start fast. Mm-hmm. And it's something that was consistent throughout the World Cup period they had. I know they focus a lot on periodization and having fast starts. And um, that's something that Mikel Arteta has been speaking to him about. And I don't know what, I do often wonder what the mechanics of training, mechanics of the team talk, just before mm-hmm. the teams go out, like what, what is it that goes into place that implements that mentality? Because surely every team wants to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think when you watch something like the Liverpool game, they wanted to do it too. Mm-hmm. Um that was a proper fight, it was, uh, yeah. dominance, which was really exciting. And um, but yeah, in this game, it, it seemed to work. I think the ball was bobbing around. There's videos going around of Southampton fans literally sitting there going, "God, this team is good." <laughs> you kind of like, it's quite nice watching us play well. Yeah, it is. You know, even nice. when we're playing well. Yeah. But um, what a great goal! What a fantastic goal! And one of those where it's just going all everything's going right for Granit Xhaka at the moment mm-hmm. he's got his song he's back in favor at Arsenal he's got every Arsenal Instagram posting about him and you couldn't imagine this it's been talked about all the time on, on Sky Sports especially you couldn't imagine 
have imagined something like this, you know, two two years ago when when that infamous Crystal Palace incident happened. And it's a testament to him. It's a testament to Arteta. I don't know if many of our listeners have listened to his interview with The Athletic. I've seen like a little uh, reel of it. And he was chatting about how he was ready to go. Uh, he was literally yeah. left foot out the door, had packed his bags. And then Arteta's like, no, no, let me let me chat to you. And then they had that conversation. He was won over by the project. And now he's, he's reaping the benefits. And it's always an interesting one because Arsene Wenger, liked Granit Xhaka as a box-to-box midfielder. He didn't like him as an anchor. Yeah. And it just seems that now we have those players that allows him to be that box-to-box midfielder and not have to worry about filling in in the last man. You know, we have Partey yeah. gets back a little bit at times. We have the fullbacks who are able to cover for him. And we play that higher line, which it just, you know, vicariously or um, as a result, just pushes Chaka further up. And then you can see him. I've never seen this man frequent the box as much as he does now and it's a yeah. fantastic sight to see and he can really pick out that pass he can play that shot and it turns out he actually has a right foot now so i'm just riding yeah. the waves i'm just enjoying it as long as he can, can he basically can make it continue that way yeah i'm just so confident everything does weirdly i think from memory obviously wenger did say that he was a box box midfielder but never played him in no. that so i don't think he did anyway from, from memory but um, no, he's found a new lease of life. And um, I think Arsenal fans will know we, this has been happening for probably about 18 months now. This is just like the rest of the league really waking up to just how well he's playing because he's got a goal and assist here or there. But he does seem to be pushing up a little bit more. He hasn't really been the old Granite Jacker for a very long time. No throat grabbing and, uh, or anything, no. <laughs> no, no. I mean, the irony of him calming down um, Gabriel at the end of the league match is quite funny. Really. Yeah. Um, but no, I mean, superb player. He's playing really well. And it's kind of like this really nice redemption arc, which uh, it's almost a shame that, that that's the narrative everyone's picking up now because it, it's been like that for a while. Mm-hmm. And I actually just wanted to be recognised as a good player in himself. And I actually think he's been a victim of the position he's been put in, mm-hmm. right? So I think we, we said this many, many times. He's a good player, played out of position. If we can't... And I, look, I wasn't screaming him to be an eight. I just didn't think... I thought we could get a better one. Yeah. And then we'll look at the score thinking... This guy's irreplaceable. Yeah, yeah, he's one of the top five players there at the moment. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, we've got we've got you know, with Party and Erdegaard and all playing slightly different roles. It's um, definitely one of the best midfielders in the league, and I think getting us up the pitch is allowing Saka, Jesus, Martinelli to do all, do all the stuff they can do, and um, mm-hmm. it's it, it's changing the way we're playing and the way we're apart from anything else. I think the way we're received. Yep. They were perceived, I should say. Yeah, exactly. And as you say, the with the use of how we're perceived, you know, Chaka is now another threat on top of the other threats that we have. Chaka was yeah. not seen as a threat beforehand, I would say. Maybe at a long shot or in terms of defensively, mm. he was, you know, on the ball, but and there's long range passing as well. But now he's also a goal threat. There's now another thing teams have to consider that there is going to be this box to box midfielder, which Aaron Ramsey used to do to an absolute T. Uh, when when yeah. we had him, and now that there's this extra layer of oh my gosh, we have to be aware of this guy now. He's no longer just going to sit back. You know, Partey's absolutely smacked one into the back of uh, of Tottenham's net at, at the Emirates. You know, now that's another thing people have to consider that he has that ability or proven ability now in the league. So <laughs> there's all these sort of added layers to what teams now have to prepare uh, for in order to face Arsenal. Yeah. There really is, and uh, it, it comes from all angles. And this is what 
uh, we're getting on to Gabriel Jesus now, and I think because he had a chance and then was obviously fouled. Mm. And um, like you say, he looked a little bit leggy, but again, I think just the amount of stuff he was involved in. Mm-hmm. He was through on goal twice. Firstly, he was hauled down in the box. I do not know for the life of me how it's not a penalty. It is a stonewall penalty, and I do not know what somebody has to do to be able to give one. He's through on goal. It should be a red card as simple as that. Mm-hmm. It, it, there's, there's no. Uh, but he gets himself in a really good position. He actually wriggles through, and it's only it's his strength almost lets him down because he's being too honest and too strong for the tackle that's coming in, and you know eventually not so. But uh, but then he's through again, goes to keeper. Mm-hmm. Later on in the game, he's through again. He lets the recovery tackle come back. And how many of these chances does Lacazette even get close to when he's at the pitch? Yeah, he doesn't. Right, so. The amount of things he's making us do, and even if he's not playing well, the amount of things he's making other defenders do, of course, is blistering, and that means you can have a Saka, a Martinelli, a Granite Xhaka <laughs> coming up and scoring your goals. You know, it's 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 what it, it's enablement. It's his rotation. This is what is a good team, mm-hmm. right? You know, I mean, about Firmino when there was Salah and Mane. Obviously, I think it's a very slightly different role, but it's rotation. It's it's not always him through the middle. And look, I think. Uh, it's not like he's sitting here with two goals. No, this no, no. He scored quite a few. Um, and I still think he'll get between 15 and 20 goals. It's what we said at the beginning of the season. I think he could he do better in his finishing. Yeah, I think he could be a bit more ruthless. And he's just maybe, I, I think it'd be struggled to say he's out of form. Mm-hmm. What do you think? No, I think it's exciting to have our main striker as somebody who can improve. He can only mm-hmm. get better from what he's doing. And... I think, you know, Terry Henry as a goal scorer, I think, has, has said it before. And any goal scorer, I think, if you consulted with, would say that you go through dry patches, rough patches in your goal scoring career. But it's just getting yourself into those positions is the key. If you solve that, the goals will come. And you'll get a lucky touch. It'll go in. You'll tap it in. Or you get a nice strike out. The goals will come. And the fact that he's getting into those positions and giving himself that opportunity is exciting. And yes, he could finish better. And yes... He could put it to the left or right side of the goal. But yeah. that's the, the part of him getting better. And I think Ian Wright has commented on how he thinks Gabriel Jesus can get better. And I think that's hugely exciting for an Arsenal fan. You, you know, Gabriel Jesus is only 25, 26. And he's only yeah, going to exactly. get better. And, you know, the benchmark that he's set is fantastic. And I think, you know, just from the bar that we've seen him set previously, it's just reflected effectively in our opinions of him. There really is, and I'm uh, just getting up now his stats for the season, and I don't know how to do it on the Premier League app. I think is this it? Here we go. Um, no, it's annoying. I think it's all. I think it's all things. Oh, okay. It's quite funny actually. So I've got his Premier League playing career, and they've still got him down as Manchester City, but he's got him playing down for Arsenal and Man City at the moment. <laughs> um, so current. Current goals uh, for Arsenal in Premier League, five. Current appearances, 11. Um, and current goals for Man City this season are zero. And appearances for Man City are also zero, oh, which is quite surprising to yeah. But uh, if you look at his last, a bit of a slightly different position, this is his best proportional return um, so far in a season. So last season, I'm looking at the stats, 84 appearances, um, 84 84 that can't well it is it's a, nah 
with 24 goals. That must be wrong. Must be accumulating something, something. Yeah, but anyway, yeah, like, look, anyway, 24 goals. 29 appearances pre-season before, and that's nine goals. So that's a th- one in every three. Slightly different position. But look, he's getting one in every two, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which is pretty much what I'd expect. Yeah. Um, and I like it for it, to be honest. And uh, I think like, he's only a couple of goals away. And, you know, I think he'll still get 15, 20 this season. He's on track for 20 goals this season. Yep. And that's the way, that's the way it should be. Um, so we missed a few chances. I think there's a good one for Erdegaard from memory. That might have been just before. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, I think um, Saka gets good for diving. And look, if we are giving the referee benefit of doubt, which we probably shouldn't, he might just misread it. I think Saka goes down easily, but there's three points of contact. Yeah. So, like, there's definitely not quite a Theo Walcott. <laughs> no, definitely not. Um, and, uh, and then, uh, well, look, what, what are the other sort of refereeing points that you may want to talk about today? I don't know. There's a Ben White push, there was a punch. Um, on Gabriel Jesus' back twice. Yeah. And I, I don't think... It is a punch, right? Either of those could be red cards, but I think more likely both of them are probably yellows. Mm-hmm. If that was Gabriel Martinelli, yeah. they would have given two yellows. Yeah, yeah. Two actions. That's it. Anyway, what do you think? Yeah, I think I think you're exactly right. And the incident I wanted to talk about is also, you know, another very close shave for a Southampton player. I think it was their number six um, who, you know, butted out and butted his head like a, uh, a bull in the, you know, in the, in the Spanish ring. And at that point, you know, any form of contact anywhere, you just go down and it's a red card. You know, he nearly grabbed his throat as well. I'm trying to remember who the player was again. Um, oh, it, was, it was just an empty-headed nutter. Yeah. I don't know his name. Um, he was all over the place. But this is the thing he was getting allowed to. Yeah. Not good game That's, management. Uh, it's not, and it's really disappointing because they have this weird let it play rule, mm-hmm. which is so dangerous for teams that have obviously so many games this season. And in principle, I like a physical game, but um, it's it's getting ridiculous now, and players just don't have protection. And I didn't I didn't even care that the guy wasn't sent off in the last minute because, quite frankly, we were already one one. But um, in fairness, though, like I think we weren't playing well at that point. I think we'd lost our. Momentum. I think you could tell we had been playing. We've got nine games this month, and I think you could just tell really it was we were knackered, and uh, we did find it hard to, to get going again. That was that one good chance that we had uh, in the second half, which is what chance was it? Was it Erdegaard? So we put the ball in the back of the net in the second half. Um, no, of course, but it was, uh, yeah, but it mean, was far out. Correct. So yeah, 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 yeah. So. But yeah, not good enough. They score at what is quite frankly a really good goal. Yep. I've seen some Ramsdale hate for it, but I just don't. I think he's no, no, I, I don't buy that. Yeah. No, um, so one of those things, and you know, we ended up dropping points away after a game in Europe. That's true. You know, I think worse That's things true. have happened. I think everyone else also did. So um, difficult stuff. But where do you see the main points of improvement or mistakes we made? Yeah, I think. The context is also important. You know, last season we lost one 0 there, and I always found mm. St Mary's and Southampton was a little bit of a a hit or miss team with us. We either smacked them or we yeah. didn't quite uh, get it over the line. So I was intrigued as to how we're going to handle that. And I think uh, what you've allowed me to to consider now as well on, on the podcast is the context of it. So we didn't we dropped points, but we didn't lose. 
and we're still able to maintain our, our players intact without any fresh injuries, as far as I'm aware, you know, touch wood, uh, despite all the European games, and to still have the possibility of topping the group, avoiding the, those extra fixtures, which I think will be very, very helpful. So I think for us, it's just trying to, to keep that desire and that passion for playing the game and for getting over the line in those last couple of minutes. I think that is what will separate us from, from, from City this season. So we can maintain our energy levels uh, in the sense of starting quickly and then having that momentum carry on as best we can or killing the game in the first half an hour as quickly as we can and then sustaining ourselves from there. I think trying to channel our energy in one of those avenues is sort of what I've taken from the game. Yeah, me too, me too. And I think, uh, you know, anything we can do to make those fast starts more, we can capitalise on them better, I think, the better. And I think we, we will, mm-hmm. you know, quite frankly. So uh, we just need to manage games better. I think we can even put a bit of a source maybe back to the beginning. Did we need to play everybody like we did on PSV? Probably, mm-hmm. because we did need to need the game. Uh, maybe the likes of Saka could have come off a bit earlier. Um, and things like that. But, you know, I think um, we're seeing a leggy team and we've got four or five games left. Yep. Four in the Premier League, I think, um, before before we're back at it. And look, last season we lost that game yep. and we lost it good. This season, you know, things don't go our way, we don't quite finish, some referee decisions happened and we still get a point. You know, I think that's important. Improvement. Um, so, so that's good. All right, well, let's, um, that's that. Uh, we've got a big game then on um, Thursday. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're playing PSV again. We're at home, uh, away, sorry. Uh, I personally still think we should be going out hard and we should be trying to win that game and win it good. We've got Forrest at home the week after that weekend. So I think it's probably a good opportunity to do that. But um, who was your man of the match this game? Yeah, so actually I'm going to give it to you, Toby. You go for your man of the match first because you always go second and then you lose out on like the, that choice. So I think you oh. go first. Right. That's a good point. Um, well, I feel stumped now. Yeah, uh, I, yeah I, I think um, I'm going to give it Ben White, mm-hmm. I think. I think Ben White, again, being involved in the goal, um, he's proving every day that he's excellent and uh, you know getting even better and better and learning the position. He needs to be in really that English squad. He needs to be in that English squad. It's absolutely insane that he's nowhere near it. It doesn't make any sense to me, but there we are. And um, obviously, did you see his post-match interview? No, I haven't. Enlighten me. Oh, it's so funny. <laughs> just, God, he just doesn't take anything seriously. Like, doesn't he? Just like I think, like last week they asked him, um, "Was your comeback what did you do with your spirit?" And he goes, uh, "I mean, yeah, we're actually not really good at football as well, mate." So. <laughs> <laughs> and then, like, like he just, it's almost he's had no media training, and it's just like taking the. Mic. I can't remember. I can't remember what he said. It's just the tone. Um. I'll get it up, but it's very, very good. I recommend anyone to watch it if you haven't. His post-match interview is great. They're like, "Oh, that was it." They were like, "Did you get the? Did you feel bullied?" And he was like, uh, "No, not really." <laughs> I was like, "Right, sweet." I said, uh, "Right, so you think was it a physical game?" I was like, "Uh, yeah, but like not as physical as a lot of others." And I'm like, "Okay," or something like yeah. that. And then um, what did he say in the end? I think he was just like, "Oh, right, yeah." So do you feel like you were bullied out of the game, or that you didn't perform, or you know, sorry, you didn't. You were out muscled, and he's like, "No, we just we didn't play well. Didn't deserve to win, yeah, and didn't play well." So yeah. <laughs> it was like, "Yeah, fair enough." <laughs> so that's my man of the match. So reasonable. What about you? Yeah, so I I think I have to because you also took my my decision. So mm-hmm. you know I know how you feel, but I'm gonna go Ganachaka. I think you know got that yeah. goal, 
played well. I think his leadership qualities are speaking volumes on the pitch as well. And it's fantastic to see. Mm. And I'm loving seeing his connection with the fans. You've now got his song ringing out through whichever stadium he plays in. I think it's just a fantastic mm. panorama to see unfold before you. This kind of connection, appreciation and love between the fans and him. I think that that gets him the, the man of the match for me as well, as well as his wand of a right foot. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, fair enough. Um, it's good. I like it. And, uh, you know, he's playing unbelievable for us. So um, let's go dick of the day. Go on, you go this time. Dick of the day. It's a bit rubbish giving it to the ref, but it does, it's hard to avoid it. Yeah, I'm trying to think of like a different different kind of person. Um, I'll go with, um, I'll go with uh, every pundit <laughs> that somehow created this like insane narrative where when Tottenham were playing really badly and were kind of getting jammy results, came to the conclusion that they had loads of like gears to go through and they were going to be amazing and they were basically going to win the league. But the team playing well, Arsenal, who were winning all their games, could only possibly drop off when they were 20 like, <laughs> one years old. They had loads of room to grow. So they tried to right. So the team playing well aren't good. The team playing badly will be good. And it's like okay. And I think it's all coming apart for Spurs. So to every pundit that had that as the weirdest take on good bad team equals good, good team equals bad, <laughs> it just makes no sense. I just make it was laughable at the time. And I do not know how you could look at every single metric that Arsenal were outputting and every single metric Spurs were and didn't know that this was coming for them and that. Ultimately, we're still sitting top of the league because the metrics always suggested we would mm-hmm. until City until City end up taking over, which which will which happen. Will happen but but not for now. We'll enjoy it while it lasts. Yeah, that's it. You know, we we have our cake. We're going to eat it while we can. And Absolutely. yeah, and I think I uh, completely share in that. That's a ridiculous metric, and I think as a result of my my take of the day, what was going to go to to the ref? Um, but I also mm. remember you know, Stevie G's comments about Arsenal and especially with that mm. Tyrone Mings challenge on, on Bukayo Saka. Uh, but then now he's gone out of the job. So dick of the day, uh, I think, has is, is got to go to, to Steven Gerrard for me after all of yeah. that. So I know he's a footballing legend, but right now in terms of viewing him from an Arsenal perspective, you know, that that's tough cheese. It is indeed. And uh, yeah, it's good, good to see the back of him. And uh, it's so funny that Villa end up winning 4 0 within like half an hour. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was <laughs> saying to my dad, like, what has this new manager done in like 48 hours? <laughs> so funny. Um, well, look, we, we, we don't have any questions. Um, we will go through the women's, but just to say that we'll have questions next week. Next week. Uh, we had an issue being able to actually get any submitted in terms of providing you with the platform to do so. So we'll make sure we do that next week. So we're slightly shorter this week, um, but that's it for the men's. Connor, what on earth has been going on with the women's? We're top everywhere. We've been 5-1 away to the supposedly best team in the world. I mean, what on earth is going on? Yeah, Toby, I mean, what isn't happening with this Arsenal women's team? It's absolutely phenomenal. Um, And just to put into context, you know, when Arsenal went to the Bernabeu back in 2006, I think it was, and we won 1-0 with that Thierry Henry fantastic yep. goal. Imagine that, but Arsenal go and smack them 5-1. And that is effectively what happened last Wednesday 
uh, against Lyon. And for those who aren't familiar with women's football, Lyon have won the Champions League eight times. And they've won them nine, sort of eight times out of the last nine or, or ten or something like that. And as a result, to go to their ground and to beat them 5-1 in the manner that we did with some spectacular goals was just unheard of. You know, nobody, I think, was able to predict that. And if you ever were able to watch the highlights, um, which I've linked in my match preview on the Arsenal Editor website, you'll be able to see the commentator's reaction and to be able to see that they just did not know what was unfolding before their eyes. It was truly a, an historic match and an historic achievement for this Arsenal team on, on that Wednesday and to top the Champions League group, which also includes Zurich and Juventus as well. So that was fantastic. And, you know, just accumulating all of that, you know, we had the Ballon d'Or nominees or we had Viv Miedemar and Beth Mead uh, nominated and Viv didn't get into the top 10, but Beth Mead came second, which is phenomenal. And to judge all of the other kind of quality of players that were there. It's just a, an absolutely insane achievement. And she was above, you know, three, three or four other uh, Leon players as well. So that, that goes to show. But it was, it was an amazing, amazing uh, week for Arsenal, as well in the sense of the league. So with the league, mm. uh, what we're able to do is we're able to extend our clean sheet run to 10 consecutive clean sheets. And God, that is just incredible. So 10 consecutive clean sheets. Just have a look, because I'm, I'm wondering how well this coincides with the day I met him. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> and I wonder if my influence... Um, you rubbed off on him. Yeah, let me have a look. So uh, it was against... So you met him at the... It was 4-2. Who did they play? In Birmingham they played, but they conceded their goals. So um, last season or... Well, yeah, I met him at that. So, no, I think it was this season, wasn't it? I could be wrong. Let me have a look. Okay. So, our last goal that we conceded in the league, uh, yeah, it was Birmingham. Oh, so it was last, last season. season yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, no, okay. So, and I met him, uh, well, it was about the beginning of this season then, really. Yeah. Um, so, you've had an assist. I got an assist. Got an yeah, assist. I'm, I'm, I'm definitely taking that. I'm taking that. <laughs> Add that to your CV, Toby. Now, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I've now, yeah, I've actually met now both uh, Arsenal managers, Arteta and that uh, is pretty and rock and roll. The other side of Isle. There you go. Yeah, the influence that's it. has started. No, the to- the Toby like, Parks anyway. effect. You're going to get a book now. Yeah, absolutely. Um, sorry, I interrupted. No, 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 it is exciting. No, hugely exciting. And you know, we haven't conceded in the league this season.
And it's at this point, we have to admit that we have lost Connor. Now, we've, Connor has done this a couple of times. Uh, and usually he comes back very promptly. So whilst I'm still filling, hopefully he's coming back. But actually, um, I can say a bit more about the Zurich game because it, we're also playing at some of the men's team. Um, so, but the women's team is coming up, and I think you still can't get tickets. Arsenal Zurich tickets for women. That's how they come up they are. But you can still get tickets. Yeah, it's 35 quid for an adult. Uh, oh, that's the uh, £12 for an adult. I do apologise. So there you go. I certainly recommend going. Uh, it is on the 4th of October 2022, um, which has actually gone. So, oh, Zurich's away. So I'm back. Connor, yeah, yeah, I'm back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so is Zurich? So Zurich's away. It must be away. Oh, it's on the twenty seventh. They went on sale on the yeah, 12th, yeah. mate. I. That's there, there. You go. That makes much more sense. There yeah. you go. So they're playing this. They were home on Thursday. Going. I That's promise, great. I'm not going all the way to Zurich just yet. No, I'm going to Emirates on Thursday. That's going to be great fun. And as yeah. I said, expecting a, a good win. They've only just been qualified, or only just been promoted. I was about to say they've only just qualified for the women's Champions yeah. League. So their first season in it. They're seen as that team which can you can get a result against. So if we do that, and in a resounding way, we'll set ourselves up nicely for that Juventus game coming on later. Yeah. So that's going to be hugely exciting. And Lovely. you know, looking at um, our next game as well, that's going to be on uh, the weekend WSL game against West Ham. So that'll also be a manageable game for us. That's going to be on the 30th of October. We're home at Meadow Park. And I think it's, it should hopefully be another six-point week for Arsenal. I can't really speak highly enough of this team at the moment. I can't imagine us slipping to any sort of unforeseen defeat or unexpected defeat. So one of the um, almost insights that Jen Beattie shared with us in our, in our interview uh, for, for our yeah. listeners was that they're learning from last season. So for those who aren't familiar with uh, last season with the women's team, we basically lost the league to a certain extent against Birmingham um, with a 2-0 defeat away from home in the league. And infuriating. infuriating, shouldn't have happened, don't know why it happened. And as a result, what uh, Jen informed us is that they've learned from that season. They aren't going to rush themselves. They aren't going to burn themselves out, hopefully at least. And they're just going to continue with the good momentum as far as they can. So that's what I see for this team coming up. I see taking each game step by step. I see a hunger to win trophies. You know, uh, Jonas Eideval said in his, in his post-match interview uh, or pre-match interview on Sunday uh, against Liverpool was that we're battering all these records, but records don't fill the trophy cabinet. It's trophies that fill the trophy cabinet. And that's what this team wants. They want the league. They want the Champions League. They want the Cups. So I think with all that desire going on, having learned the lessons from last season, I'm predicting another six points this week. Let's hope so. Let's hope so. I mean, hopefully we can get all 12 points. Um, you know, actually, even if it was just like 10, I think that would be that nice. That would be nice. You know, in terms of six, six for uh, the women's and just four for the men, that's all I'd take. It's absolutely fine. So we, all we need is a point away to PSV. This Thursday, so it's at the same time as um, when Zurich play uh, Arsenal Women's. And um, we will be through to the next round from the Mem side of things as well. But all things going very well for uh, both teams at the Arsenal Football Club at the moment. So, mate, thanks, Connor, so much for coming on. I do appreciate it, mate. I thank everyone for listening. Um, 
it's been a good one. We'll get make sure the questions are in next week and we'll make sure that we've got time to, to, to fill them too. But I'll get this out and uh, you can all have a listen and get very excited what is going to be hopefully a 12-pointer. Uh, thanks so much, Conor. No, my pleasure. And then, yeah, as Toby says, we miss you. We miss your questions. So we'll get that in next week. And what a pleasure it's been to discuss everything Arsenal at this time in our season. Another six points, I'm thinking, for the Arsenal women's and hopefully another six for the men's as well, making it a 12-point week. What a time that would be. It's going to happen, mate. It's going to happen. All right. Thank you so much for listening. Sorry, Toby, you're on mute at the moment. Yes, I am. What well, I did that, I muted it so I could play the music. Yeah. Um, if you could do the same, that'd be great. But no, thanks so much for listening, everyone. I do appreciate it. We'll see you on next Thank you, one. everyone. Cheers. <laughs>